You're listening to the Castworks Industries Comedy Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. How's it going, everybody, and welcome back to the Well Daggum Podcast, where by the end of the show, we hope to have you saying, Well Daggum, I learned something today. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who tunes in through Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Thanks for following there and sharing and liking all the posts we put out and the comments we make on other people's things. Uh, Be sure, if you don't follow, to get out there and follow us. Check us out. Give a like. Uh, I don't post too much, so I'm not annoying about it. I post just enough so that you know what's going on in our little world. But other than that, tonight on the show, we have a very good friend of the podcast, a very good friend of mine. Uh, We haven't seen each other in quite a few years now, uh, but, you know, we know each other from way back because we're family. And uh, But my good friend on tonight, he's got a really interesting life. I I always get excited when he posts something to social media because he's he's living the dream, as if it were, to me. And uh, But tonight on the show, we have my good friend Jake Hobbs. How you doing, Jake? Doing well, man. Doing well. Awesome. Trying to awesome. survive here in Corinth. <laughs> good old Corinth, Kentucky, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> it's, it's some good country out there. It's pretty country. Um, but now, uh, as far as Jake goes, uh, Jake, tell us a little bit about what you do for a living and uh, what makes your life so interesting. Well, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm a touring guitar tech. I, I guitar tech for bands uh, in the live setting. When yeah. when a band goes out and does a tour, they call me, and uh, I show up and hopefully do everything right and get paid at the end of it. <laughs> but the bigger part, that sounds technical, and that sounds you know like, oh, this is what I do. But really he gets to jam out with heavy metal bands and not so heavy metal bands, I guess, you know, there's some of them that are regular bands, Yeah, but, uh, but you've toured with some big names and tonight he's going to be sharing with us one of his first tours with lamb of God. Is that correct? Yeah. Lamb of God. For those of you that don't know, lamb of God is very, uh, well, they've been around for quite some time. I do believe. Cause I remember yeah, yeah. back from when I was younger and, uh, they would really, uh, really get me pumped and really get me going, uh, pre- pretty heavy metal, uh, for the most part, if I'm, if I'm correct. Am I right on that? Yeah. It's probably not for the faint of heart. I would say <laughs> people here. Oh, it's God. It's God. That's one of them Christian bands, right? Just, well, you know, they're, <laughs> they, they, they bring something up in there. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, Jake gets to travel with them. Uh, he gets to warm up on their guitars and do the other various things that are needed behind stage. All the all the stuff that people don't think about that's going on uh, when they're getting their faces melted off. Um, but uh, go ahead and kick us off. Tell us a little bit about your first tour with Lamb of God. Well, I should probably start like how I got into this. Like people that do the job that I do normally don't start where I started at the level I started, you know, with like a world touring band. Most people start out in a van in their cousin's <laughs> band. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, they, yeah. they sell t-shirts out of a station wagon or whatever. And, and then, you know, they, they work their way up. So I kind of, I had a weird thing. Uh, Mark and I had been friends for 
uh, a long time. I think I think he and I first met in like 2000, 2001, something like that. Okay. And and we'd been friends a long time. And you know, anytime they the band came to town, we would go out and uh, well, they, we still laugh all the time. Gina and I would cook them food and take yeah. them because she always felt bad for them. You know, they were too <laughs> skinny or whatnot. You know, so we had had a friendship for a long time, and uh, it. it basically i bought a guitar i bought this new guitar and i was stoked about it and i took a picture and i sent it to him and i was like hey man i got this it's awesome i need to do this you know a couple of things working on it and he's like oh you know how to do all that i was like well yeah i grew up poor you know there's no way art hobbs yeah yeah art hobbs (laughs) wasn't gonna drop 60 bucks for me to get a new set of strings on a guitar (laughs) you know i had to figure that out myself right i was like yeah yeah i just i just kind of did my own stuff he's like why don't you come work for me? And, and you, well, of course I was taken aback. I was like, Oh my God, what are you know, <laughs> I, how's that going to work? Yeah. And he, he, he told me to talk to Gina about it and everything. So long story short, we talked about it. I have the best wife in the world. And she said, if, if this is what you want to do, go for it. Awesome. So I quit my steady nine to five to join the circus. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> how I got into it. Every, every 12 year old's dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Luckily I'm still 12. So <laughs> there you it, go. That's how you're getting through it. For me too. Yeah. <laughs> so originally the plan was, um, they were doing a European tour at the start of the album cycle. Okay. And he was going to pick up a guy from Europe to do the European stuff because there's a whole lot of weirdness about Europe. Right. Me being a first time guy, he didn't want me to have to deal with the power issues and the, and and the language barriers and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Right. So I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, they were going to pick me up in the States. Then when they got back to the States and I was going to learn how to be a guitar tech and everything was going to be cool. Right. And as the time grew near, um, I guess he got a couple guys over there and they flaked out in one way or another. I don't know oh, exactly what happened, Yeah, but he, he said, screw it, man. I'm going <laughs> to take you to Europe with me. And I was like, Uh-oh. okay. And, and, and you, you also have to wrap your head around. I'd never been on an airplane before, you know, I know Kentucky boy that had been there <laughs> born and bred. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, West Virginia, and probably all the States on the way down to Florida. And that's pretty much it. Right. That's so cool. the, the first time I actually flew, uh, he flew me out to his house so I could, you know, look at the guitar rig, wrap my head around the way everything was wired and, you know, kind of get a general game plan together of, okay, if this component goes out, I need to make these moves to right. get everything working. Again. You know, you know, just, just basic, just planning and, and yeah. trying to figure out all that was involved. In make, making sure what equipment to have with you. all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 What I need for backups, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. Uh-huh. And he, the first time I actually was on an airplane, he flew me to his house and I spent a couple days there, and we went through the rig, and uh, he had the guy who was the stage right tech for Lamb of God fly out and kind of be there as, hey, if I had questions, I could bounce it off of him yeah. and things like that. First time and all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's Hillbilly Me. I jump on a plane to Richmond, <laughs> Virginia, which I think is, you know, that's world traveling to me. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I fly down there for a couple of days, and, and, you know, everything went well. So, I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty good, and I'm thinking, eh, you know, this whole – Europe thing won't be so bad. Yeah. And uh, the the tour actually started in Bangalore, India. Oh, wow. So 
Yeah. So my first <laughs> international flight was to Bangalore, India for a Lamb of God show. The, the smell sensors kicked in. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it sounded exotic to me. Right. So, you know, yeah, I, no I, was, I was like, oh, wow. That's, you know, that's cool. So the day finally comes, you know, I, I, of course I didn't have a passport and I go through all that and, and I drove to Atlanta one day because I was afraid I wasn't going to get it. I mean, everything, my, my life basically in about six weeks just turned into a tornado. I didn't know oh, which yeah. way I was going, you know, right. just trying, trying to prepare. And then, you know, mentally trying to prepare because I'd never been away from my family for more than maybe a week at the most oh, at that yeah. point. And I was, you know, my first story, I think it was six or seven weeks long. The oh, first wow. one was, yeah. yeah so that, it was going to be a, a big, big toll mentally for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was trying to, trying to get prepared for all that kind of stuff. And the day finally rolls around and I packed my little suitcase Yeah, and uh, not being aware of how to travel at that point. I didn't even have any carry on luggage. I just threw everything <laughs> in a suitcase and, and, and hope it made it there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I get to the airport and I'm, uh, I, you know, I go through security and everything and, and find my gate, you yeah. know, and I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah. And it's time for my plane to board and nothing's happening. <laughs> and you know, me, like I said, I hadn't, I'd flown once before this. So yeah. I, I didn't know that, you know, sometimes that kind of stuff happens, you know, I'm kind of like, right. what's going on, what's going on. So about 30, 45 minutes after we were supposed to board, they finally make an announcement and said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there's a problem with the windshield on the plane. Unfortunately, uh, there's no more planes going to Chicago tonight. So we're going to have to make arrangements for whoever needs to, to stay or whatever, you know, you know, the whole spiel that they do. Right, and I'm yeah. like, Oh my God. Cause the plan was I, I flew to Chicago and met the band and crew. And then we all would fly from Chicago to London Heathrow Okay. And from Heathrow to Bangalore. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, oh, sim crap. simple plan. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. nothing should go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> nah, ain't nothing bad going to happen today. <laughs> so uh, I, I I go to the desk and talk to the lady and, and all that, and she's like, well, there's no way I can get to Chicago. Get you to Chicago uh, by the time the flight for London leaves. You know, right. there's just not a way. But what I can do is I'll fly you to Minneapolis. Okay. And they have a later flight going to Heathrow. So you'll fly to Heathrow by yourself and meet up with everybody there. Yeah. And then all you guys will fly to India. Right. I was like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. yeah no problem. Yeah, so I, I, I guess that's how that works. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I jump on my plane to Minneapolis, you know, and I'm like, okay, here, we're, this is starting now. I'm, I'm on my way. So we're, we're flying to Minneapolis. You know, it's not a very long flight. Right. And we get there, and the pilot comes on the intercom and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there's a bad thunderstorm moved in. We're in a holding pattern above the airport. <laughs> and I'll just keep you updated as I can. You know, don't worry about it. we got plenty of fuel and everything. So we end up being in the holding pattern for uh, like an hour and 20 minutes. Ugh. While we're in the air, the plane to London leaves. <laughs> basically i mean i'm sure it didn't take off during the storm but right by the time i landed and got out got to the gate the plane was gone oh my gosh so here i am thinking what am i going to do and I, I have no idea how this works so 
do I need to get a Every, boat? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the band's tour manager is in the air on his way to London already, so I can't call this guy. <laughs> so I, I don't know what to do. So I call the band's manager. Yeah. Of, I, I could because I had his number. He was the only person that I was like, well, you know, he's around. I'll call him. Well, of course, he's he was an old school. Their manager at the time was an old school, rough and dried type guy, you know, yeah. like a, a Peter Green type. <laughs> so I call him and I'm like, man, I miss I miss these flights. All this happened. He's like, well, just go tell him you got a rock show to do. Just just force your way in. You know, <laughs> he's giving me this not knowing that the air, airlines could care less what yeah, you got going on. They have no you know? clue unless they're a fan. And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll help you out. <laughs> well, Greta, we'll call her from the airline, was not a fan. <laughs> and she was didn't really care much about my situation other than <laughs> – She's like, the only thing I can do is uh, get you to London tomorrow. And, you know, I, I gave him the timeline of when the first show was and yeah. when I needed to be there. And, you know, and she's like, well, we'll get you there by show day. That's the okay. best we can do. So I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. If, if the flight doesn't get delayed again. <laughs> right. So they, the airline put me up in a hotel that night. Funny enough, they end up just flying me to Chicago from there. Okay. And then I fly from Chicago to London by myself, you know. I have <laughs> right. no idea how private jet. <laughs> yeah. No idea how customs works. You know, I've never been to a foreign country. I yeah. don't I don't I don't know how anything works. <laughs> Luckily I landed in England where they speak English. Yeah. So I did have that going for me. <laughs> and Heathrow is a huge airport. So, you know, I, I have to like ride buses you know, outside the airport to the yeah. terminal I'm going to and everything. And, you know, this is all so strange to me, man. I, right. I, yeah. You, well, you know. it's foreign for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say the least. So I, I make it to my flight with help of the lovely English people over there that, that helped me out. <laughs> and I, I get on my flight to India. So here I am and I'm, I'm finally, there's a, there's a bit of calm coming yeah. over me, you know, cause like, okay, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm going to make it before the show happens so you know yeah, things are going to be okay nothing bad compared to what's happened yeah nothing bad's going to happen the worst yeah is of over. course yeah. yeah i've got this out of the way now everything's cool um I, it was a long flight it's like 12 hours so like my first well basically my second flights was like you know nine hours to heathrow and then i go 12 hours to india so you know, I'm flying 21 hours and never right. really done it before. So right. that, you know, that's, that's got a whole different set of things that goes right. with it as well not, that not I wasn't of, aware of. Not thinking about the jet lag and yeah, the time difference. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm, I'm on my way to India and I'm happy. And I had this wonderful Indian gentleman that sat beside of me and he and I ate our dinners together on the plane and we talked and, oh, and cool. it was, you know, I, I felt like I was getting cultured. Yeah. Especially yeah. for me, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I land in Bangalore and first off, it's basically like uh, a steel trust building out in the middle of a field. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this like, is an airport? This is their international airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay, strike one on India, but, you know, I've only been here 10 minutes. So, right. <laughs> so I, I get to the airport and I figure out the customs line and everything and I and I go get in it. And this was back at the time where international data on a cell phone was outrageous, right? Yeah. So I did not turn any international data on on my cell phone that I had. 
You give the wife a call real quick. Hey, babe, I landed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I thought, well, I'll get to the hotel, get Wi-Fi, you yeah. know, let her know then. So I, I get a landing card. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you have to fill out uh, where you, the address of where you're going to be staying and all that. You know, there's a lot of information that you have to give a country when you're coming in yeah. the first time. And uh, I had all that information, you know, our hotel address, the promoter's oh, name, all that stuff. Like, I can see that being a hiccup. Like, we need the address of the place you're staying. Like, what? <laughs> well, here's the hiccup. I didn't turn the data on. So when I open my email, it's just blank. Oh, and I have, no. yeah, I have nothing. And I'm like, oh my God. So I write what information I can down on the card and which is basically my name, you right. know, and, and my passport number. And I get to the guy in, in the immigration line and I hand him my passport and hand him the card. And he's like, where are you staying? You know, this is all wrong. You can't do this. And I was like, I'm trying to explain. And he's not really listening to me. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. You can't come in. So <laughs> here I am, can't get in the country now. Yeah. I'm, I'm in India, but I'm stuck in the steel shed out in the middle of the field. <laughs> you think they'd be so, a little more lax about it in the, the structure that they've got you in. But like, come on, man. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do I look like a criminal? Well. <laughs> don't don't answer that. We'll just. <laughs> <laughs> so I make my way to the back of the immigration area, they had some seats and I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking, what am I going to do? You know, right. I can't call anybody. I don't have any numbers to call anybody. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I, I imagine the scene was me sitting there looking like somebody just shot my dog <laughs> and just sadness everywhere, right. you know, <laughs> around me. And this, uh, this gentleman comes up and he says, what's the matter? Let's see, he's an Indian gentleman, and, and I was like, I, well, you know, I go rambling the whole story, and and, and I'm sure he's half listening to what I'm saying or doesn't yeah. understand me. It's like, oh, I didn't really mean for you to tell me everything. I was just <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So when I get finished, he says, do you got any money? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I got like 20 bucks. And yeah. he's like, 20, 20 American? And I said, yeah. And he stuck his hand out. And I'm like, okay. So I pull 20 bucks out of my wallet, hand it to him. He gets a landing card, fills it all out for me, Yeah. hands it to me. And he said, you see the girl on the far right? I said, yeah. He said, go to her. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Are, are you in a mafia right now? I don't <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I go to the lady and hand her my stuff and she stamps it and says, welcome to India. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I just bought my way into the country. It's great. 20 bucks American. Wait, is that like 400 and (laughs) (laughs) 400 rubies or whatever? I don't know. So I go to get my luggage. Of course, it's lost. Yeah. So there's no luggage there. And I'm trying to deal with, with their customer service agents and they don't speak a whole lot of English. And it's just... You know, what English I do speak is hillbilly, so they're, they're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, so they gave me this form to fill out, whatever. So I don't have any luggage. And now the next problem arises. I'm like, how am I going to get where I'm going? What, <laughs> you know, nobody knows I'm here. Right. What, oh, and then, you know, the city's only like 8 million people. Yeah, you just, know? just a tad. 
So again, <laughs> I find a, a bench and I sit down and start reevaluating my life in the middle of the, <laughs> the shed in the uh, desert. Yeah. And uh, wh- while I was sitting there thinking, I look up and I see a guy holding a sign with my name on it. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like the movies. There was like, you know, lighting in the background and, yeah. and oh, playing. <laughs> that's great. So I jump in the van with this Indian guy and I thought I was going to die before we got to where we were going. <laughs> he says, he says, yeah. For people that's never traveled outside of the United States, mm-hmm. you the worst, even drivers from Ohio are better than what they have. <laughs> and for those of you not around people from Ohio, that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to all my Buckeye friends. Out there. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I get to where I'm going the morning of the show. Wow. Jeez. All the jet lag and all the 20, yeah. 20 bucks lighter. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I would gladly pay that 20 bucks anytime to get in the country. <laughs> right. So I, everybody's like, man, have you slept? And I was like, no, because I didn't sleep on any of the flights. I couldn't. You know, I was yeah. too, too high international up. flight. Yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah. So everybody's like, hey, man, you, you need to go take a nap for a while. So, you know, go lay down until about five o'clock and then come out to the show. And and luckily the stage right guy had already set up all my stuff for me. Oh, cool. And and had all the stuff for the show ready to go. So yeah, I mean I basically just had to show up and do the show. Yeah. They're so like, oh, uh, poor Hillbilly. We'll we'll hook we'll hook him up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll help him out. Everybody gets one. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I distinctly remember laying on a cot. Yeah. In Bangalore, India, looking up to steel and thinking, "What have I done?" <laughs> uh, this is their way of firing me. T- go take a nap. They're like, "Yeah, just just go somewhere. We don't need you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I quit a steady paying job, and <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. But anyways, <laughs> I went to the show, and uh, the show went went well. You know, there was six, seven thousand kids show up. Yeah, and. And that was, you know, being the first time seeing that whole spectacle of the crowd interaction and everything from the right. stage. You know, that was, yeah. it was, it was all a bit overwhelming. Right. And, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. And so then we get done with that and I, I have no idea how to load a truck, you know, like, cause there's, <laughs> you haul so much gear, there's a specific way. It's like Tetris. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I have no idea about any of this stuff. I basically know <laughs> how to work on guitars and, and, you know, troubleshoot components right but as far as how the actual tour runs i know nothing so luckily my first tour all the guys were great and they all helped me so much and to this day man all those dudes are like brothers to me awesome. without a doubt you know yeah that's killer. so yeah yeah it's i've i've seriously met some of the best people ever yeah. through through touring it's it's really they're really some of the greatest folks out there so not only did you get to go on one of the is your first job doing this go on one of the biggest tours ever that you also got helping hands all along the way and nobody just try to throw you under the bus or anything oh yeah dude i would have totally drowned if not for those <laughs> dudes totally because i was in way over my head for right, sure right so we we get finished with india and we have like another day in bangalore and uh, the next show is in Tel Aviv, Israel. Right. 
So, you know, we're flying to Israel. <laughs> but this time, you know, I, I kind of feel like I got a handle on this international flight thing, but I'm with a group, you know. Yeah, that, that probably helped a tremendous amount. <laughs> and, and I still have no luggage, by the way, PS2. And I'm, I'm calling the airline saying, okay, well, I'm going to be in Tel Aviv. And they're like, okay, we'll send it to Tel Aviv. So I get to Tel Aviv, no luggage. Oh, okay, cool, whatever. At this point, I basically have the clothes I have on, and the lighting guy gave me a Dolly Parton T-shirt. And when I go to the hotels, I'm washing my underwear and socks in the sink and hanging them up to dry because that's all I can do, you know. This, this sounds so fitting. I, I like it. This <laughs> all I had was so, my bib overalls and my Dolly Parton T-shirt. Yeah, that, that's that's basically it. <laughs> So we we uh, get to do some cool things, you know. While we, we had like four days in Israel, and we got to go to Jerusalem and the Dead Sea and all that stuff, and that was, you know, that was like, wow, man! I've never yeah. been anywhere, and now and I'm here. Huge landmarks in the world, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, everybody knows all that stuff, you know. Right. And so, th- so that was cool. And uh, the first two shows were just Lamb of God headline shows, you know, where. The one in India was like, like I said, it was like six or seven thousand kids. Uh, in Tel Aviv, it was probably three thousand. You know, so yeah. we're, we're talking they're good sized shows, but not huge. Right. So uh, after Tel Aviv, we go to mainland Europe, and okay. that's where the, the the actual tour really begins. You know, right? Just kind of two warm up gigs, and then like, all right, it, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fly shows aren't really like being on tour because you go to some place for four days and do one show, so you have a couple days to you know, go see sites or whatever you want to do. Right. And when you're touring, you know, I get asked that a lot. People are like, oh, you've seen this and that. A lot of times I don't see anything but a crappy club and maybe a <laughs> hotel room, yeah. you know. And it, I, I went to Paris four times before I saw the Eiffel Tower, you know, because you just don't have time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To well, go you, see that stuff. Yeah, you're the you're pretty much the grip. You're, you're having to haul everything around, make sure stuff's where it needs to be. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You don't have yeah. that luxury. Yeah, I feel you. No, no, you know, a tech, your day is 16 hours a lot of times, you know, yeah. you, you don't, you don't have a lot of time and, right. and that's with no problems. And yeah. then when you have problems, <laughs> then you just have to figure out how to fit extra work into the same amount of time. Oh man. So the, the first show in mainland Europe was a big European festival, rock oh, and okay. ring. Okay. So, and, and I'd never experienced anything like that in my life, you know, right. you know, you're talking 80,000 people, you yeah. know, people, and, probably, and I rem- people probably traveling from America just to go to it and stuff too. Oh yeah. 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 These, the European festivals, they're, Oh, I, I love going to them yeah. because it's the music. There's such great music fans over there. Yeah. You know, they're all singing along and, and right. you know, banging their heads. It's, it's all good. Awesome. Good stuff. So, this is my first show in mainland Europe, and, and I'm kind of getting a handle on, you know, okay, all this stuff comes out, and I get my stuff, and then I can start changing strings on guitars. You know, I'm trying to figure out a routine because you're basically left to your own devices just figure out how to get it done, you yeah. know. And me being new, I didn't realize that, you know, a lot of times you kind of got to stretch your elbows at a festival and say, hey, you know, this is my space here. I'm yeah. going to set up. So, you know, I was a little more passive at that point because I didn't realize, not that you have to be rude, but you just kind of have to, you know, there's 10 bands on one stage yeah. and everybody has work to do. So you kind of got to, you know, carve a, carve a little space out. You it's know. a metal fest. Be rude. I mean, <laughs> 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 you know, they're just going to expect it of you, you know? 
So I remember stringing my guitars, you know, and, and I, I plugged the rig up and, and checked it to make sure it works and everything. Okay, okay yeah, I got signal. Everything's, everything's good. All right, all right. I'm good. I'm ready for this. Yeah. And I'm watching the other bands play, you know, and it's getting closer and I'm getting nervous and, and everything. And finally, it's our time to do changeover. Uh-oh. And changeover, you know, you basically take all the other band's crap, get it off, and get all your crap on. Yeah. And a lot of times those festivals, you do it in 20 minutes. Ugh. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's organized chaos, basically. For sure. Yeah. So I get all that going on and everything, and blah, 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 I'm going, or I'm going. And we get it all set up, and like, okay, it's time for line check. And line check's basically, you know, you just check everything for the front of house guy. Yeah. To make sure that, you know, the guitars work, the drums work, all that check, stuff. Check one, check two. Syllabus, yeah. Syllabus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, like with Mark's rig, he has a few little things on his rig that I actually have to go on stage to hear them and, you know, make sure that it's working and it sounds like it should. And everything. Yeah. So okay. I'm back there tuning up the guitar because I don't want the guitar to be out of tune when I play yeah, it. Of course. of course. So I'm all into what I'm doing. And, and then Brian, he's the front house guy for Lamb of God, says, uh, Stage left guitar. And so I come out from my little station and I look up and there's 80,000 people staring at me. (laughs) And again, I'm thinking, what have I done? I think I played like a a D chord, like pink, 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 pink. And he's like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. When when you could have like really jammed down probably. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I had envisioned, but that didn't happen. Yeah. You got nervous and like, okay, D. (laughs) All right. We're cool. (laughs) But I made it through and, uh, we did a few more festivals, and I think about the third festival, I finally gained the confidence of those around me that I could 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 get the job done. Not necessarily that I was doing it well, right. but it was passable. I wasn't going to mess up the show or anything like now, that. Now, when you were doing this first tour, I know now, uh, knowing your, your physical caliber, you have a goatee that is beyond goatee. Um, that I, I don't know. Do you Have you measured it before, how long your goatee is? No, I've never measured it. I don't, I, I don't know. I do get a lot of questions about it. You know. Have you ever gotten it caught in your zipper or anything? Or oh yeah, that and, and bowls of Fruit Loops—that's the worst. So, so I imagine now, and it's and it's uh, pure white as well, right? Yeah, yeah, big big white goatee and shaved head and stuff. So I imagine when you went out on stage to do this check, that somebody's like, "Oh, dude, who's that? Who's that guy right there? That, is that a is that a, one of the Lamb of God guys? Is that a new guy?" <laughs> and, uh, and then you're like, "Decor, decor," <laughs> like, and disappear. Like you, you could have really shown. You could have had a, a shining moment right there. You know, you could have been like, "Yeah." I could have, but it was just added to the long list of failures in my life. <laughs> I'm sure you've made up for it since then, though. I'm sure. Yeah, I try. I right. try. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my uh, that's my 30 seconds of the day that's actually fun. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's awesome, though, man. This is really cool stuff. I'm really enjoying it. But but so now th- yeah, keep on going with it. Well, well, we just get into the grind, you know. And I'm figuring out like a big part of touring is figuring out how to live on a bus with twelve other people <laughs> and not bum them out, and yeah. you not be so bummed out yourself about things that people do. Because you know, all of us have little things that right. Well, are it, normal to us. Yeah, you're used to living with somebody else. You have a routine of things, and now yeah. you're with a bunch of dudes that have their own routines too. Yeah, and of course, you know, I was the low man on the totem pole too. Right. 
Yeah. So luckily, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, luckily, there's a certain amount of hazing that usually goes on with that. But for whatever reason, the dudes that I toured with the first time, they, nobody really did anything horrible to me or anything. Like I've seen some awful stuff done to people. <laughs> And luckily, I didn't have to go. I guess everybody saw how bad I was struggling. They figured my life <laughs> yeah. was bad enough. You know, like, they didn't have to haze me. Yeah, you, you've got your. You gave yourself your own hazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See that guy over there? We call him self hazer. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just a glutton for punishment. I don't understand. He just does it himself. <laughs> so we we hit our. I like to call it tour stride. And that's basically, once a tour gets going, my job is basically like Groundhog Day, Josh. (laughs) You know, I get up and I have the exact same routine. I do everything the exact same way, you know, (laughs) and that's just how it is. You're just in a different place. But, you know, the stage is set up the same. You know, this is the same. That's the same. You know, everything, everything's the same. You just have to learn how to function in that environment. Right. So, you know, about halfway through Europe, I'm, I'm hitting my stride and I'm actually starting to enjoy seeing things, you know, you know, I'm going out when I have a day off and, and, and checking things out, you know, it's a a hillbilly running around Europe. I've never seen any of this stuff. Oh dude, I was the same way. Like I I know I I went to, went to Europe uh, with some buddies they were just like, Hey, we're doing this. You want to do it? And I was like, yeah. So I went and I was like looking at the Eiffel tower and stuff. And I'm just like, people dream all of their life to get to do (laughs) what I'm doing. And I did it on a whim. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I feel so bad for people that dream of doing something like that. And I'm just like, oh, that's cool. All right, what's next? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I know where you're at. I feel your, I, I feel what you're going through. <laughs> well, you know, being from the same hometown, many places I've stood in the world and looked around and thinking, I'm the only person from Inez, Kentucky that's ever been here. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way anybody from Inez was ever here. And, and if there is, we could probably count them up on one hand. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, I, I go through Europe and, and, you know, halfway through, I feel like I'm hitting my stride. You know, I was like, oh, I got this going on. You know, yeah. I've got the confidence of the guys around me. Yeah. The shows are going great. You know, I'm enjoying the music. Yeah, yeah it's it's just all mus- muscle memory almost. Yeah, it's all coming together. Right. And uh, towards the end of the tour, we uh, we were in uh, Norway. Okay. Yeah. Metal doing. Central. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. That was a big thing to me because a lot of like the black metal bands and stuff I listened to, like I went to places where they played shows and stuff. You know, so that that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. the cool things. You know. Yeah. That's right that's a lot of the cool things you get to do. So we play this, uh, festival. It was called Hove Fest in okay. Norway and beautiful country. You know, everything's beautiful about it. The festival's on this little Island. They take you out there by boat and oh, they cool. just have like, you know, people in traditional Norwegian dress hanging oh. out, answering questions about stuff. So, yeah. It's a very, <laughs> very cool thing, man. A fantastic catering. I had like reindeer filet mignon. It was, uh, it was, yeah, it was. I'll, not, I'll was, not tell the kids about that, but that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He ate reindeer. What? <laughs> Santa, no. <laughs> so we we have the Norway show, and uh, every everything goes off good and everything. And the next day we fly to the Czech Republic okay. to do uh, a couple headline shows. I think we have like two headline shows and two festivals left on the tour. So I'm almost to the end of the tour. Yeah, and. Uh, 
of course, from Norway, we have an early morning flight. Lobby calls at like 6 a.m. And for people that don't tour, if a lobby call is at 6 a.m., that means be there at 545. Yeah. So, you know, you if you're on time, you're late, basically, in the tour right. world. Yeah. You always got to be ahead of the game. So, you know, I didn't get much sleep, a couple hours sleep. Uh, get up, we go to lobby call, we go to the airport, fly to Prague. And okay. uh, I was probably, I think I was the second or third from our group to get off the plane. But there was a, a gentleman in the jetway, and I saw that he was checking passports. Yeah. And I, I always have uh, cargo pants on and uh, always keep my passport in my pocket, in my in one of my cargo pant pockets yeah, when I'm be, traveling. Just to abroad. be ready. Yeah, just, right. yeah, yeah just, just in case. It's, yeah. I think it's an Appalachian thing, probably. Yeah, probably. But, <laughs> have, like have little pouches all over us for something we need. Yeah. Big jerky, whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I go up and, and I hand the guy my passport and uh, he says, what are you here for? And I said, oh, we're doing a show in Prague tomorrow night. You know, we're just getting in a day early and stuff. He's like, okay, uh, I need you to go to this room on the left. Uh-oh. And I say, okay. And I reach to get my passport back from him, and he pulls it away from me. He says, no, 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 we'll explain everything to you later. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. So the first thing in my mind is like, some dummy on our crew had some cocaine or something in their suitcase, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, we're going to get shook down here in Prague now. So this right. is great. Now, now at this so, point though, I got to ask though, at this point, did you ever get your suitcase? Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I left you <laughs> hanging on that. Yeah. I actually ended up, uh, it was, I think it was like nine days. It took me, I was, I was on tour for nine days and I just had them. I knew I was going to be going through Frankfurt airport. And on the advice of someone else said, man, tell them to just send it to Frankfurt and leave it and you'll pick it up there. Awesome. So that's what I did. Yeah, I did get my suitcase. Oh, so I was okay. wearing something besides the Dolly shirt. Yeah, when, when you were talking about the cargo pants, that hit my head. And I was like, wait a second. Did he ever get? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I finally did. But it was, I spent, well, all the way till we got back to mainland Europe. Just oh, man. washing my stuff in the sink. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So I go in this room. And when I walk in the room, there's like 12, 14 guys there. Full tactical gear, baklavas oh, on, jeez, machine guns on on slings, <laughs> and they tell like, me to get up against the wall. Yeah, you're like, oh, you want me to go ahead and drop my pants now, or? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my goodness, you know what? What is this? Yeah. So, they get everybody in the room and they ask who the tour manager was, and the tour manager raises his hand and is like, it's me, and they asked. uh for Randy, <clears throat> excuse me, who, who is the singer of Lamb of God, for those that don't know. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, that's, that's that's me. And he walks over to him. They hand him a letter. He reads it. Of course, I can't see it or anything. I don't know what the letter said. Right. But he, he looked up at Brian Griffin. He said, I think I'm going to jail. Oh, geez. And he said, please get my medications and stuff, you know, out of my bag. I have yeah. to have my medication. And so they cuffed Randy and took him away from us. Holy and then crap. the SWAT team surrounded all of us and walked us to the police airport. And what had happened was, uh, I think it was like four years before that, at a show in Prague, a, a Prague, a fan had actually uh, died. Oh. And they were charging Randy with manslaughter. What? 
Yeah. Just because they were so, on the show. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, it, there's a, there's actually, they the band made a movie about it. It's called As the Palaces Burn. Oh, and it, it explains it better, but it was basically, there were, they had some video of a kid that was on stage and Randy had his hand on the kid's back when the kid jumped off. And they were saying that that was the kid that passed away. Oh, okay. And I don't want to give away the movie, but it, it, it turns out that the kid in the video wasn't even the kid that passed away. Okay. So that kid came forward and said, no, that's me in the video, you know, yeah. and the case kind of fell apart. But I will say I have more respect for him as a human being than probably anybody I know because he spent, uh, I think, almost two months in prison in Prague before he was finally out. Two you know, months in Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like being in prison here, you know. No, nothing it's, like it. That's that's you're in Prague, which yeah. was communist what fifteen years ago. So, right, right. You know, Jeez. and uh, they they kept setting bail, and he would make bail, and then the prosecutor the prosecutor would uh, protest it, which is kind of how their legal system's not like ours, of course. Right. And he would protest it, and then the next week they would set it higher, and you know they would pay that. It was just a, a cat and mouse game, basically. Right. Yeah. Because the prosecutor kept saying, "Be um, at the time, I don't, I'm not sure about now, but at the time, there's no extradition laws between the Czech Republic and the United States. So basically, if he went back to the U.S., he didn't have to come back and yeah. stand trial. And and that's what they were going on. But the reason I say I have so much respect is he did go back, and yeah. and and voluntarily he said i want to go do this because you know the person that passed away was one of our fans and his family deserves answers yeah. and nothing else you know right. i can't change what happened but you know this is for them stand up guy so it, yeah yeah so that was that was how my first tour ended we ended up spending a a couple of days in prague uh they finally released us from the police station in the airport but the people that were there on the previous show had to go back the next day to give statements oh, yeah. and they had police following us around. Like I went out of the hotel to go buy cigarettes down the street and they, and they weren't like hiding it or anything. Yeah. Like I, as soon as I walked out of the hotel, they got out of their car, followed me down to the little market I went to, stood outside, I bought Dang. my cigarettes, walked back to the hotel. They followed. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I remember when it first happened, of course, you know, stuff like that, you, you don't broadcast that kind of stuff. Right. You right. know, especially when you don't know what's going on because at first they were thinking, Oh, well, this is just a mix up. We're going to get him out of jail. We'll go do the shows. Yeah. And then as we were in Prague a few days, it became apparent that that wasn't going to be the case. Yeah. So Man. we rode the bus to Berlin and basically flew home from Berlin. And, uh, so then again, here I am, I quit my job and then we have another tour that's supposed to go on like three weeks later. Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So I've quit my job and everything, and now I don't have work. Because right. like the way my industry is, you don't get paid all the time. I get paid when I'm touring. Yeah. And then you know when I'm home, I don't. So that was a whole other set of struggles. You know, I come home, and, and me being new, I didn't have a name in the industry. So it's not like people were beating my door down yeah, like, to give me a job. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was definitely a struggle, but I stuck with it and... I you know I'm happy with the way things are now today. Yeah, so I'm sure yeah. it was definitely worth it. Yeah, you stuck with it, so that that says something about it. Yeah. Now yeah, I guess 
Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, what I, <laughs> I said, go ahead. But yeah, with with this, now you've gotten to travel and you've got to go with other bands and stuff like that. What are some of the names you're able to share of like who you've traveled with and like who you've got to work with? Oh man, my resume is like the world's worst CD collection, probably. <laughs> We got Nickelback. We got. <laughs> I, I haven't worked for Nickelback, but I toured with them. And actually, I want to say I know they get a lot of hate, but yeah. they're some of the nicest people ever. Oh yeah, they, well, they I, treated I still, me. I still like their music and stuff too. People hate on it. And I'm like, I, I still like their stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand all the hate with those guys. I mean, yeah. it's probably not something I would listen to all the time. But right. they're great guys, and they're just you know they're trying to let people have fun. Yeah, give yeah. them a break. <laughs> Well, that's cool, I, I, did, I did a lot of touring with Seether, the band Seether. I love those yeah. guys to death. They're like family. Um, right. I've worked for Anthrax. Uh, Dang. I actually I did. Uh, I worked for Hank Williams the Third for a couple tours too. Oh, that was, that's pretty sweet. Especially yeah, being that from was, Kentucky, that's that's uh, pretty top notch right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, that, that was a whole different circus, too, but that's, we won't get into all that. That's another podcast for another day, right? <laughs> yeah, probably so. We'll have you as a reoccurring guest to talk about the crazy tours you've been on. <laughs> We're back with tour, man. Here we go. Right. <laughs> Maybe I can give you a tour report. Yeah, there we go. Every time you get back, you got to make sure to yeah. check in with me. <laughs> but I, I really, I, I consider myself blessed to Heck be yeah. able to do something I love to do right and i was basically at a point in my life josh that i i i thought i was going to be working in a factory the rest of my life right you know i was in my mid-30s when i made this career change yeah and it it it, it helped out that i had such a supportive wife because i right. don't think i yeah. don't think i would have been able to pull all of it off if it wasn't for her so i I right. gotta give Gina a shout out. She's the best lady in the world for yeah, sure. We'll tag her in it for sure. <laughs> for putting yeah. up with my nonsense and just the nonsense of the of the touring life because you, the hard part about touring is you miss so many things. Yeah. You know, I miss I miss birthdays, I miss right. Thanksgivings. Luckily I've never missed Christmas. I've always been able to been home at Christmas, but any right. other holiday, you know. Yeah, that's rough. You, that, that's the, yeah. the rough life of a dad sometimes. That uh, yeah. they, even my buddies that are coal miners, they've talked about how much stuff they miss just trying to do their job and, and make sure yeah. they do it well. And yeah, it's it's at, rough. At the end of the day, no matter what I'm doing, I'm still just trying to provide for my family. You know. Yeah. And I want to give them the best life I can. Right. And a lot of times that means you know I've gotten calls on Sunday night. Hey, can you fly out Monday morning? We need you. Right. And you know, that's it's um, that's the hard side. Of what right. Yeah. But on but, the on the upside, I mean, you get to jam out with some pretty killer dudes. <laughs> I. It, it's funny. Um, after you do it so long, you don't really get as star starstruck right. about things, you know, because it just, you know, Zach Wild just becomes Zach, some dude, you know. <laughs> But I, I remember. I, the, I don't know that I could ever get to that point, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, that's cool. But I re, I remember the first time meeting him, yeah. and and Mark Mark introduced me to him, and and he's just talking to me, you know, just like right. he I'm his neighbor, yeah. and and I I'm standing there not really hearing what he's saying, thinking, oh my god, Zach Wild is just <laughs> talking to me, you know, like I'm somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. like he knows me. Yeah, 
Well, that's killer, dude. I really appreciate you sharing the story, and I really appreciate uh, getting to to hear a little bit more about you. Like I said, we've not seen each other in years, it seems like, and uh, and it's it's really cool to. I knew what you did, but to get to hear a little more in detail about what actually is going on, and it's uh, it's awesome. And you know, I'm excited for you to get to do what you do, um, and it uh, it's cool to catch up about it for sure. Well, thanks, man. I I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's uh, been a very good time. Right. Yeah, I'm excited for people to get to hear it. I know I'm going to get a few calls for some uh, metalhead buddies. They're going to be like, dude, you should ask him this. What What about <laughs> – <laughs> give, give me his number. I need to text him, man. <laughs> well, there, there's an old saying, uh, what happens on tour stays on tour, so I can't give a lot of details, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just on secure lines. <laughs> Well, Jake, I really do appreciate it. You're getting ready to go on tour again uh, here pretty soon. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I leave out uh, March 20th, I think it is. We're going to Europe. Yeah, I'll be out with Lamb of God all year, basically. I'll be doing this Europe tour, and then we'll be in the States all summer. So if you get a chance, come out to a show. Awesome. Yeah, man. We'll uh, we'll have to get people in contact with the info to get a hold of that, and hopefully they can be a part and say, I know that guy. <laughs> that guy playing the D chord up there. I know that guy. <laughs> That guy who is absolutely no one. I know him. <laughs> well, again, man, I really do appreciate it. Uh, make sure I'll be tagging him in posts. People get a hold uh, and find out what he does. He posts about it sometimes, the tours that are going on. Try to go out there and see these bands that are pretty awesome. Uh, but other than that, man, I really appreciate you being on, and uh, I guess we'll talk at you next time, all right? All right. Sounds good, man. All right. We'll see you.